Victor rolled over. He eyed his mother lying across the room on the floor. She was old now and had lost her legs to diabetes. He saw a bruise on the side of her face. He cringed inside. A slur of images flashed through his thoughts. A brutal pang shot through his head. He had been drinking again. He closed his eyes. The images came to a full stop. He felt sorry for his mom. She needed him, and he hated her for it. He despised himself for not having the guts to leave. He knew she could not take care of herself if he left. He had a head full of dreams and no place to put them. His drinking became the cure for all his dreaming. Here he is, trapped in the small town taking care of his mother. He would spend days on his small farm breaking his back to then waste himself away gambling and drinking while his mother sold cigarettes out of the front door of their one-room house. One night, during a terrible storm, Victor stumbled into the house with mud all over his boots and alcohol all over his breath. This night would be like no other night. Words and other things flew, but the room went killingly quiet. The only sound coming from the room after a while was Victor's snoring. He was now 39 years old. His mother was 83, as we would find out in that week's obituaries. Irene St. Vincent died, leaving only one relative, Victor St. Vincent. In the community, there was much speculation about the circumstances of Irene's death, but mostly this was whispered. The following Christmas Eve, Victor was in the rosiest of moods. He got dressed in his finest suit, He dabbed his face with some expensive cologne and walked a half a mile to the district center. Music was booming out of the district shop. Everybody was drinking, chatting, laughing. Victor strolled quietly into the melee. He ordered a drink, then another, then another. He ordered a drink for the bartender. She said no. He tried again. She said no again. Frank Philpott, a local regular who overheard the exchange, decided to get involved. The lady said she don't want nothing for drink. Victor looked at the bartender. I want you to be my wife, Frank uttered. Why? So you could kill her the way you kill your mama? The bar went dead quiet. Everyone knew Frank had crossed the line. Victor reached into his back pocket and for a few moments, both men wrestled on the shop floor. There was blood everywhere. Victor had slashed Frank across the face and across the arms. The bar owner shoved Victor out of the bar. Don't come back in here. You hear me? Frank vowed that he was going to see a voodoo priest about Victor. Victor heard the news and decided he would go and see someone also. He went to a neighboring parish to see a voodoo priest who was known all over the island because his powers were stronger than all the other priests. Victor got his protection. After that, he was not really worried about Frank. One day, in the district center, Frank saw Victor walking past the rum bar. He rushed outside in his drunken state and screamed, Your time is coming. Don't worry. Even if I don't get you, your mama duppy is going to get you. That night, Victor could not sleep. He was tormented by the statement Frank made. Right through the night, he heard rocks landing on his roof and hitting the side of his house. Something was hitting his house. He looked outside, but nothing was visible in the darkness. In the morning, 
Victor went outside to see if he saw the rocks that were hitting his house. He climbed the roof. There were no rocks anywhere. Frank's word rang out in his head. Even if I don't get you, your mama duppy is going to get you. Victor started thinking Frank had somehow gotten his mother to haunt his house. Victor was on the edge of losing his mind. He would tell people, but no one knew what was happening. He got so stressed, he had to go to the doctor. At the doctor, Victor found out that he had diabetes, just like his mother. Over a period of about five years, the doctor slowly amputated more and more of Victor's legs until all he had were two shortened thighs. He started selling cigarettes out of his front door, just like his mother had done. People spoke about Victor in secret. Everyone wondered if Frank had worked voodoo on him. One week, it rained for five days straight. After three days, Victor needed to use the outhouse. He roughed it through the mud and rain. The ground was so saturated that the outhouse collapsed into the pit. Victor fell in. He splashed about in the filth for more than a day. He was filthy beyond anything anyone had ever seen. Eventually, someone came and found him there. Frank heard a story about what had happened to Victor. Frank stood in front of the door where Victor sold the cigarettes and spoke to Victor in a cold, icy tone. He felt compelled to let Victor know that he had not gone to the voodoo priest. Victor asked him, what about the rocks that were hitting my house? Frank explained to Victor that at the end of every night, when they emptied out the ice box at the bar, he would go and fill a plastic bag with ice, hide in the bushes, and throw the ice at the house. Victor's eyes flooded with tears. Frank ordered two cigarettes from Victor, paid, and walked away. That was Ainsley Burroughs. Ainsley's piece was produced by Renzo Gorio, Anna Sussman, and Natalia Yeager. We'll have a link to all things Ainsley on our site, snapjudgment.org. You are listening to Snap Judgment, and to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.